Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. It was a G.I. Jane jump. I'm going to, okay? Welcome to Earth. This is mine. Can you fight? You can fight. Oh, you motherfucker, you can't even fight. Look at Mike, you. Look. Mike, no, I want to know if the nigga. Somebody gonna take my niece out. I want to know if the nigga can fight. Somebody okay. might come say something. Hey. The nigga can't fight. She can't go. Step one, you gotta learn how to take somebody's heart, right? Say, man! Hey! You don't get out of my face, man. I'ma hit you so hard, your grandpa's gonna get a lump. Say, man! I'ma hit you so hard, you're gonna land another zip code! <laughs> the next step is full-scale psychological warfare, right? You gotta act like you got this tick, right? <laughs> like the army did this experiment on you, right? It just went terribly wrong. You're like, back up! Back up! Alright, we're back, and uh, this week we are Will Smith, Bomae, uh, as you just heard, um, and we are joined this week by special guest uh, JML. Jay, how you doing tonight, Jay? I'm doing fine. I brought, uh, what is it, the third time I'm here? Am I the first three, s- three-time guest? I was gonna say probably right, that, that, you, you, might, you might have you might have Daniel Makabe beat. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you and you and Makabe are, are are somewhere in the top two for m- most frequent guests. I think at this point, uh, you heard the co-host there, Quentin. Quentin, how you doing tonight? I'm great. Um, I'm trying to figure out why I felt like I've been losing my voice for the last day. So if I sound a little bit more a little bit different than usual, then uh, then that is why I feel like I've been losing my voice, and I cannot explain where it is coming from. Huh. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully all is all right. Otherwise, um, but you know what? Uh, I can't think of any fucking transition. It's WrestleMania weekend. It's getting off to a crazy fucking start. But even before, I think uh, Hollywood was in the mood for some combat sports, as we have Jay on uh, to talk about the the most important, uh, I guess, uh, combat uh, adjacent, possibly worked shoot. Um, in all of uh, entertainment this week, the the big slap heard around the world, um, and Jay, I know that you have a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of ideas, and and also a lot of just wanting to shoot the shit and, and talk about it. So uh, the floor, I'll say, is yours. I mean, well, well, thank you, but I I've been racking my brain ever since I saw it on Sunday, because the thing is, I'll take you through what my day was on Sunday. I went to my parents' house. Uh, did little things, stuck around a little bit to watch the opening of the Oscars. Didn't like it. To, we'll get to that later, because uh, Will Packer was the producer of it. If you don't know Will Packer, he is the the amazing producer that a lot of people will see is amazing. Um, I'm not going to say any more, but um, he's behind 
uh, Ride Along, Ride Along 1, Ride Along 2, Girls Trip, which featured Jada Pinkett Smith, her last big um, movie that, you know, I think uh, we've been, it was, it's been three months since Matrix Resurrections, where uh, we could safely say that was sort of a bomb, and she was in it, spoiler alert. So, Girls Trip is technically Jada Pinkett Smith's last big movie um, for the parties involved, Chris Rock. Um, he's going on tour. He just went on tour by himself, but he's going on tour with uh, Kevin. He's going on tour with Kevin Hart um, in the coming months. Someone who's worked extensively with Will Packer, and then you have Will Smith, who is all connected together in this in this brouhaha. So when I watched when I watched the Oscars, I didn't like it. It was the three hosts: Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes. I love Wanda Sykes, and then you had uh, Amy Schumer. And I didn't like like some of the skits. There was a it was a weird joke that Regina Hall had with a COVID joke, um, saying that you would have to test so many co- uh, these male COVID COVID actors. So she brought them on stage, and it was going to be Tyler Perry, Bradley Cooper. Um, she made a joke saying uh, Will Smith, but she already consulted with Jada because of. The entanglement so he is basically community for for Hollywood so he he joked and laughed and but sat right down and it was kind of weird because you're you we're, we're kind of we're almost like two years away from me too movement so it was kind of a weird thing to make a joke about um, and then there was a pat down of Josh Brolin and, and Jason Momoa um, so that with that, then I went home and I, I watched a little bit more of it, then turned it off. And then Twitter blew up because people were saying, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. And I'm just like, what? And then I turn on my Twitter feed and it's all these videos. It's a live feed so of, of the ABC feed and it cuts off and it looks like a bit. I think it's a work. And then there's the Australian TV that's uncensored in the Japanese feed where we hear um, Will Smith smack, smack the shit out of him. But I, I immediately tweeted that I heard harder smacks from the stardom show, two stardom shows from, the, from this past weekend. And it almost sounded like a punch, but it was, it was weird, weird. And then you have him yelling uh, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth which I was surprised everybody was surprised and then he yells it again and he uses the the base of the bad boys version of him and he yells it again like I was just, I, I was I was bewildered by it but then I think thinking about it I was like there was no security Nobody escorted him out of, out of the out of the room, and then they let him stay. He's crying, and then an hour later, he wins Best Oscar for King Richard. So, what? I I I've, I've got a lot of theories going in my head because coming into the Oscars, Will Packer was named producer, and he was he was. 
outwardly going in the media saying that um, we have all black producing casts and um, the ratings have dipped. We want to get the ratings back up. They did a controversial thing in moving eight categories off TV onto the onto the pre-show or based on the pre-show and doing a highlight package in the middle of the show. And a lot of people that cover the Oscars were not happy with it, um, but he took the blame for it. And he wanted to make this more more modern, I guess we want to say. And I saw the clip. I saw a clip um, earlier, him saying um, on Good Morning America with um, with Chris Connolly saying uh, he wanted to make it make the Oscars not inside Hollywood and make it for the everyday person or whatever. So. <laughs> Which is kind of absurd, but then you have people like DJ Khaled in there. Um, the Encanto song had a, a remix of Megan the Stallion, or Megan the Stallion. With, what was it called? Bruno? I don't. I don't know. I don't know Disney movie. Any of those Disney movies? And a lot of it was. It was weird because listen to the feedback from this week. It was like almost like two Americas. Black America was saying like it was one of the best Oscar shows. Um, Aside from the Will Smith incident, whereas people, white white people, basic white people, saying this Oscar show sucked and it was a mess. And I heard it from the Ringer podcast, The Big Picture. Sean Fantasy used to write for Vibe, by the way. Um, but he he's wait, wait hold on hold on hold on. Sean Fantasy Sean Fantasy used to write for Vibe. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's no you're fucking. There's no way. Yes. There's ab- I'm gonna to have to look this pull up. It up pull it up. I used oh, to read. I used to read him. No, no way. He used to. He used to write for Vibe, but he. Why the fuck was he writing for Vibe? You yeah, get it when you fit in. He was. Oh, he was God. writing articles, covering, covering hip hop and R and B. Like he was doing reviews. There's, there's no fucking. All right, all right hold on. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Keep going. But I'm gonna to need to look into this. So. He said it was a mess, and his um, co-host said it was a mess. Um, I lis- I just listened to the another Ringer podcast called The Town, and it was uh, ironically it was with Nick Khan uh, as the guest. But um, the host of that that show, he said that the, the Oscars was kind of a mess too. So you when you have the media saying it was a mess, but um, you have basically when I hear other uh, other black people saying. Um, saying it was great a lot of it i think is conjecture um to to basically support will packer um and it's a difference because i I think a lot of people in hollywood like him or whatever um we gotta we gotta think was was this a work what's going on here it sounds like the two-tier kind of stratification of all of media just spread out even more onto the oscars like it's kind of the rotten tomatoes syndrome right the uh the critics review is low but the the fans review is higher right yeah the people who the people who watch it just to say like oh i'm gonna talk about it on podcasts even or in the news or wherever all saying all this same old boring oscars and a lot of that is like how much is that is just you're following the pat hand because that has been the cynical take okay every year you just shit on the oscars and how bad and boring it is but the people who are from i've even hearing just people who are watching it people who just watch it for fun saying the same thing like yeah it was it was actually kind of entertaining and then the will smith thing was a big fucking hook that got a lot of people intrigued 
even more beyond just like the show being decent. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see something there too. Yeah, and then the rating ratings come in is boosted fifty two percent. So it, it because the previous years the COVID year, so it had nine million viewers. So you boost up. I think the the final number was like seventeen million, and I heard that from that from the actual smack, it actually boosted five hundred thousand viewers from just from the smack went down and then went back up when Will Smith was announced the winner for 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 best actor. So um, WWE and AEW would love that love those swings <laughs> of of viewership, but. Yeah. Um, I I just find it ironic that, um, listen, like, um, I found recently that Will is going to be on the new on a, the next Red Table Talk, which kind of spurred a lot of, because it, it, it's weird that this this narrative that I didn't buy into that it was like a like a redemption story for Will Smith that. The, because of doing doing this film, but also um, launching his YouTube page and and doing all this because I guess because his previous films didn't do so well, but uh, to me he's still Will Smith. Yeah. And I I don't know I didn't buy it, but it was just it was just so weird the fallout of it because um, not not the not the point that people were asking. Well, it's assault, and why didn't Chris Rock press charges? He ain't gonna press charges. Like, if it was really real, he wouldn't. He still wouldn't press charges. I'm surprised there was no security on stage that enter, that that stopped it. And maybe maybe because like the 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 Academy of Motion Picture because most pictures and arts and sciences think that they don't they don't need it because nothing has like like this has happened. Um, this ain't like the Grammys where ODB showed up on on stage or whatever. <laughs> Or, or Kanye or, or the, at the VMAs, but um, there was no security, and it was just it was just weird. Um, the, the because Chris Rock was in and was presenting for best documentary, um, and shout out to Quest Love, he won uh, for Summer of Soul. I haven't watched it yet, but that's documentaries I've. In my real life, I've done, I've worked on documentaries before. That's that's hard work. And as soon as he, they were walking off the stage, there's a video. Um, the orchestra p- starts playing Nas Hate Me Now. Who gave <laughs> him that cue to do that? What's going on here? Like, uh, am I am I bugging? Like, <laughs> and then they go to commercial, and then there's video commercial going. This video of the of uh, during the commercial break of, of Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry of all people, which we found I don't know if you found out, but this weekend during the Fanny, Vanity Fair interview, he says he used the Badia voice during sex. Did you did you hear that? I did not. Um, I well, I wouldn't seek that information out. <laughs> I, did, I, I heard it. I heard it on Joe Budden's podcast, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't seek this information out. <laughs> you have you have that. And then you have the the quote that later, like Will Smith says that um, that Denzel Washington told him he's like the devil. The devil comes for you after your lowest moments or something like that. Which really, uh, Denzel had this look like he was just he was steadfast. He didn't make any any facial expression. But I thought to me like, yo, that is the. Why would Denzel be a walking quote? 
Like, uh, yeah. You gonna in that moment? To me, you either gotta say, "What the fuck's going on? Are you okay? What What the fuck did you do? Why'd you have to smack this motherfucker? Like, what What's going on? Like, that's the only things you gotta say." I, 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 I'm just, <laughs> Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. He's been around Hollywood enough. Maybe he just rubbed off on him. He just like kind of speaks some quotes. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> just walk. It's just a walking quotable. For, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then if you watch the video more, whoever DJ D Nice, I I respect D Nice because of the of the club quarantine stuff and his back. If you look at his backstory, um, incredible how he's he's basically become um, like the, the the celebrity DJ. Um, but him playing Bill Withers, um, <laughs> a lovely day with with the backstory. I don't. I don't I mean, people are gonna take that. It's like, oh, it's a great song, but Bill Withers had <laughs> domestic violence issues in his real life. So, um, to play that song, I just—it was just weird. Like everything's weird. Maybe I'm just going full conspiracy theory on this. It's just weird. And then the aftermath of it—that I'm jumping in—I'm maybe I'm going all over the place, but I'm jumping in that Chris Rock that. For his show in Boston, the tickets went from fourteen dollars. They averaged fourteen dollars to four hundred dollars. It sold out, and this this Kevin Hart um, tour is selling out. Like it, it's it, to me, it's a work. Everybody, yeah. everybody involved, everybody involved. It popped the ter- it basically popped the territory. Everybody got paid. Um, Will Smith get paid? And I heard that he's doing a, that. He might be up for an Oscar again next year. With, he has a slave movie coming out with Apple Plus, so oh no, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, oh, shit. yeah, Redemption. I don't need the Will Smith slave movie, man. Yeah, they just God. he just fin- <laughs> he just finished wrapping it up. Let me pull up what the name of it, but he just finished wrapping it up uh, down in New Orleans. It's, it's- okay, so hold on. so Jamie, I have a question, right? So I want to I understand all the conspiracy conspiracy theory stuff and all that applies. JMO, for the sake of the listenership, you're from New Jersey, correct? Yes, yes. What part of New Jersey, if you don't mind, like, saying? Uh, central? Some people would say north, but I'm, I'm, I say central. Okay. So, in your experience in central Jersey, right? And I used to, I used to basically work in New York and stuff, yeah, so. Even, even, even better. Yeah. Um... Chris Rock is from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. I've been there, yeah. And he let a man walk up there and slap him in the face. (laughs) Now, I want you to, all this conspiracy theory stuff, take that hat off for a second and talk to me about the fact that, for me, as a born New Yorker, I was born in in East Flatbush, my mom is from Sheepshead Bay, all that kind of stuff. I'm a Brook I'm a Brooklyn New Yorker like at my core. We're down right now because Chris Rock got smacked on an Oscar stage, open hand smacked in front of all of his peers. Can you can you speak to that point and even if Chris Rock didn't write the joke, if he knew that him and Will Smith haven't been cool for the last however many years, because he had that slick shit to say about Jada back in 2016, why would he say the joke? 
Um. Well, this is two twofold. Want my do you want do you want the real like to be serious or to be full conspiracy theory? Um, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever you got. Either way, fine with me. Um, well, to be full conspiracy theorist, the man, the man has been divorced, so he might need the money. So he might take, <laughs> he might take, he might take a slap, <laughs> pow, pow, you know, he might take a slap for for to to boost the boost his career. Um, and these and these two dudes are, are in their fifties. Like Will's fifty three, and I think I think Chris is even older. Might be fifty six or something. And they still, they look great. They look great for their age. But um, money's money. And Chris, he, I don't know if he got taken to the cleaners, but he, when you're, when you're somebody that's divorced, you're going to, I'm going to take, I think you're going to take money regardless. But <laughs> um, to be serious for a second, to be real, uh, why would he do that? I think, um, there's, there's. I've read some that he has a like a, a I want to say disability, but where where he doesn't read social cues. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. I saw that clip of him on the viewer. He's talking about not being able to read read uh non not not uh non verbal cues, being like not being able to read body language or tone. Yeah, yeah. And that kind and that kind of stuff. So, but also I hear. But all yeah, go ahead. No, but I was saying also, um. How you you've seen Jada Pinkett Smith all your life, Quentin, right? Like just right. throughout media. How many times you've seen her with short hair? Basically, always. Yeah, yeah. Tim, yeah. Tim, too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with 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 Jada, like I'm not the insult was insult, but I'm saying I'm giving a little bit of bail, like. Because I didn't know she had alopecia. I didn't know she had al. I didn't know. Well, well, it's not even an alopecia thing to me. It's like, if I'm like assuming it's real, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, if I'm like, I know that me and this person have issues because I said something about them in the past, and we ain't never smoothed that over. Like, we ain't never talk about that. I apologize. Have a conversation because this is back when Jada had boycotted the Oscars back in 2016. And then Chris Rock basically went on stage and was like, "Well, no one invited you anyway," kind of shit, mm-hmm. which I, which I have a lot of issues with. But that's what he pretty much went up there and said. And to me, if I'm looking at it from a completely real perspective, if I know that me and these people have issues, we never spoofed that over. And even if I didn't write that joke, that they wrote a joke about the Smith family in there, I would feel like I'm not supposed to be the one to say that. At least, right. it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be me. You can leave that to Regina. You can leave that to whoever, but that shouldn't be me who says that joke. The GI Jane tag felt so. It was so lame and cheesy, and felt tacked on to the point where I think that that joke wasn't even written. I have a feeling yeah, I, that I, Chris I, said that. I don't. Moment. Yeah. I, I, yes, I don't believe. I don't believe him. I don't believe it either. That it was. That it was a. It, Felt kind of off the cuff. Yeah, yeah. When I heard, I actually heard. Um, shout to Pop Life Podcast um, that they because I listened to them and it's Naima Cochran who used to work at um, Bad Boy in um, in Arista. Um, Jeff Sledge who used to work at Jive with Will Smith for a little bit. Um, uh, Mona Scott Young's husband, uh, Sean Sean Young. 
they were and um, shout out to Inca too. That's that's on the on the podcast. But they were talking about and uh, Naima said that she she talked to someone in the room. Probably if you use context clues, it's probably D Nice. Um, probably has the run sheet. Um, he said that that was and they've got and there's people there's writers out there that confirm that that joke was not planned. So. Um, yeah, it was totally a dig at her. So, so again, that goes back to my point, dude. If we have an issue, mm. and you know that we had an issue with you, why would you do that? Like, there's a whole bunch of other things that you could talk about. You can clown Will Smith for like, why didn't he have the same energy with August and all that types of, and all that types of shit. And like, it can be like funny and jokes or whatever. The fact that Chris Rock let another man slap him on stage and didn't even do nothing, kick him in his back, rake him in his <laughs> eyes, anything. Like, but my, I've been stuck on this whole time and why I haven't been like really care, really care about the situation or thought any less of Will Smith because of mm-hmm. it. Not just because I don't care, but it's also like, my man, if you know that I don't have a, that I don't like you, what the fuck are you doing this joke for? Because he thought what? he was the one. Like, he thought he was a chump. Like that's base. That's 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 my feeling on it. Like if you're gonna do that joke and you insult somebody's wife, you really think that that the husband's a chump. And and but also it's the Oscars. You he would never thought in a million years that Will would have got on stage and smacked the shit out of him. But it happened. Right. Like he just it, he didn't think that. So I don't know. The thing, one thing that I hadn't thought about, and I heard someone talking about it, and then it, I was like, oh, duh, like, how stupid is that? Like, because um, you could say, oh, you know, Chris Rock just had no idea, or whatever, but Chris Rock produced that good hair documentary, so, like, he knows about the history of, like, black women and hair issues, mm-hmm. so you can't try to act like, oh, he just didn't have, he's just, like, had no concept of that that would be something that you shouldn't make a joke about. I have a, I have plenty of issues with Chris Rock, but like, that's a whole, that's a whole like other podcast. Sure. Sure. His whole, his whole bit about like the difference between black people and niggas is like, that's a whole different (laughs) can of worms of why I have issues with Chris Rock. Right. (laughs) right. So like, uh, so I don't, so even if he's like had a part in a documentary like that, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put certain things past him because he's still the same guy that said that shit. Right. I'm saying he can't try to say ignorance. He can't try to pretend like, yeah. oh, I didn't know. It's like, motherfucker, you knew, like, you know that that's a sore subject for black women in general with alopecia or yeah, not. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if she didn't have alopecia, it's like hair length and everything like that. It's a whole like issue that you would think that the guy who was part of that documentary like would be a little bit more sensitive towards but also what the fuck are you doing that joke for right they don't fuck with you why why would you do that so like you still think you're still in like the full like fully like this is a work uh part of it jml jml where are you tim i i think it's a work if i'm perfectly honest i really do i think Again, I think that it was a pretty lame and almost tame enough joke to where it's like, whatever. Um, I think that there is too much business to be made. I think that stuff was way too easy for the most part. Um, Like, the way that just everything went pretty smoothly from beginning to end. And the fact that, like, yeah, like, Will Smith felt like from the beginning as JML, because I didn't even watch the fucking thing. But from the beginning, Will Smith felt like the main character of the show. 
and then the big fucking you know the big all the big plot points circle around him um even all the way to the end with this and then also he wins you know best actor it just seems too too perfect i think that it was it was definitely a work and it was set up from beginning to end to be the will smith show and uh, i mean that's a bankable star so i can understand trying to use him as kind of your uh your yeah your star player um you're okay your... if i could push if i could push Go back ahead. a little bit on this and i'm not in the business of caping for like celebrity like whether a bourgeoisie or petty bourgeoisie people i do not give a fuck about that whether they're black or white or whoever i will say that in this event it does matter that will smith is black and that like i don't think that like all these white people talking about how triggering the experience is on twitter and all that stuff it would be exactly a desired reaction if you're trying to cash in on something at least on at least on will smith's end because it's like now you have Judd Apatow, people people like that talking about, oh, he could have killed him and shit like that. Think Peace Twitter, hearing Will Smith yell like that and hit somebody was a very was a very triggering experience for them and all that types of shit that like yeah, I can like I can I can see like have that kind of reaction happening happening even if you like like remove the race aspect from that. But again, like if it's Will Smith a black dude and then the rea- then the general reaction is white people are frightened i just don't see what, what would be in it for will smith if anything he would be hurting himself right but i think <laughs> i never i didn't think like people are still talking about it thir- like thursday i didn't think people would be i didn't i personally thought this the the reaction of this i thought it would just be jokes like the rest like it would be jokes for 3 days and then we get on to it to the next thing I didn't know that it was going to be this big fallout, and um, like me being serious, I didn't really think it would be this fallout. But my my conspiracy theory thinks my conspiracy theory head thinks that um, this was not. I don't think the desired reaction was going to be like this because it's Chris Rock and Will Smith, like two of the biggest um, Hollywood stars. Like I think if this was Ryan Reynolds in Bradley Cooper. Um, I don't think the discourse goes like this. Like it's mm-hmm. like if even if it's a work or not. Like if Ryan, if if Ryan Reynolds says something about Bradley Cooper, um, and Bradley Cooper smacks him or or whatever. Because who's who's fa- who's uh who's a, who's a famous person Ryan Reynolds is married to? Um, hmm. I think he's famous. famous. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not in the Hollywood circle. Yeah, yeah. Don't follow with them. But anyway, like if that if that let's just say if it was Bradley Cooper and Ryan Reynolds, like it'd be jokes, and it would still be jokes. I don't think we would have this this discourse on uh, black female hair, black male masculinity, uh, toxic mas- toxic masculinity. Um, some 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 somehow. Somehow, 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 domestic abuse, uh, like yeah, yeah, uh, infidelity, <laughs> like it's just. I it's see. I think that's part of it, though. I think that's part of it, though. Them being, I mean, can you think of another high-profile open relationship couple in Hollywood? No, like I think that's part of it. Is why, like, they were a good. It was a good choice too. 
is because you have all that extra drama built up in so people can buy into it more that will you know and then they can psychoanalyze will for all these other things but i do also think jml pointed something out in the beginning where they made a joke that felt a little bit out of out of pocket i guess when it comes to like referencing like you know uh all that stuff and saying saying like me too was just a couple of years ago i think that culturally hollywood sickos who are who decide to tell us what is and isn't allowed to be in the media thought like uh all that shit's over with me too is over we did george floyd and all that that's over uh biden's the president now and race relations and everything's we, we, back we, to we, normal we, we can get we can we can get back to the real comedy now. yeah so yeah. We, yeah so we can have you know chris rock and will smith do this and nobody's gonna think about the race aspect of it because everyone's over it you know trump isn't in the white house anymore and america's not racist anymore so it's fine like i i honestly do think that that's probably part of it yeah and i and when i pointed out the regina hall thing like i am not not part of no way near that minimus movement because they'll be quick to jump on that i'm nowhere near that but i just thought it was a little weird just coming off of me too where everybody's just was basically on edge and then you make a joke about regina hall like regina hall who i love i love regina hall but she's making jokes about putting her tongue down uh will smith's throat and all and bradley cooper and all these other people on him and like the the room laughed but um i don't know if like america laughed about it i don't know but that's just me yeah, again, like I said, Hollywood sickos. They don't, it doesn't matter what the what the America thinks. They tell us what we're supposed to think, um, which means that we're all over it. We're fine. Um, we don't yeah, we don't care back, about that stuff anymore. But it's just weird how like think piece Twitter has just latched onto this, and you know, I don't understand this at all. And it's like coming coming from people that even like I listen to on a regular basis and like kind of respect is like, why are you like what? Why are you gathering so much from this incident? Like, to me, it's like, this is like the straight up from the, like, the niggas get slapped every day. Like, this, this, like I'm sorry. Like, niggas, sla- niggas get slapped every day. This happens. Like, like, this is just, like, normal to me. Like, if you do some shit that you probably shouldn't have done, you get hit for it. And you can, like, sit there and, like, have all these think piece conversations on, like, on stuff on stuff like that but to me some people don't learn until someone is like hey i didn't like what you did and then wherever things go from there obviously like you can debate on whether or not he should have gotten hit at that point in time if it was like an oscars after party this whole conversation doesn't happen probably but because it happened at the platform and the stage it was on like it's just like it's going to become one of the big big culture like you know like notes in history as like time as time as time goes on whether you think it's real or not but my overwhelming thought watching the reaction to this is how many people just might not be used to the, to someone or themselves getting hit for saying some flagrant shit like that, like that's just like my general thought is like you you guys just just might just must not be used to if you say something you shouldn't have said, certain things might happen to you. Yeah, like, like yeah. I th- it, when I was when I was younger, like I'm not saying I was Chris Rock, but like if you start joking and, and whatnot, and you take a little bit too far, somebody be like, "Yo, my man, yo, what you doing?" And I'll never forget with me in high school, 
Somebody tried to spit on me when I was going a little bit too hard on the joke. Like, like no, see, like that. <laughs> like so, so for so, oh fuck. So for me, it was like being serious. Like it's it's par for the course. Shit like that happens. Like shit like that happens. You know, I've been on both sides. Was where somebody joking on me, and I had to, I had to shake them up a little bit. And I've been on the other side where I'm, I'm a little bit hard on the joke. So, like it's. And also, you look at like what it is, what it is now with, 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 with the participants involved. Will is fifty three old, fifty three year old nigga from from West Philly. Uh, Chris, Chris is from Chris is from um, from Brooklyn. Jade is from Baltimore. Like these people, they. Uh, I I I want to do out of that part in there. I'm not gonna lie. I like that that part in there just now. You don't claim, I didn't like that. You don't claim Jada. I didn't like. Q? I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't like that part being added in there just now. <laughs> but they, all, all parties involved, they know what's up. It's, it's uh, even, even though they're different, different, different areas, they know this, they know the tones, and they are similar from the similar, similar age group. That like, if you say some shit like that, you will get smacked, or you will get something will happen to you. You will be like, calm, calm it down, because it, it was. I also. And this is de- delves into the conspiracy theory part of it, but it was just so weird how uh, you, you know Samuel Jackson was dapping him up, and, and Denzel was dapping Will Smith up when he won, and all this stuff. And part of, part of it is like, yo, they something something is deeper and underlying that Hollywood don't fuck with Chris Rock. Like I don't, I don't. That's that's the overall tenor I got from it because. I know the crew he used to run with was Louis C.K. David yeah. Spade, and that, that that's that 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 weird SNL group that hybrid into the Chris Rock show group, like Wanda Sykes. Even though yeah, I was I, I was going to mention yeah. that one of the hosts of the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's that 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 dynamic crew uh, compared to Will, who is buddy buddy with everybody, including if you saw the, if you watch, take the watch, watch the video, Jay Z is like, is right next to, the, right next to the stage, and when Will starts getting, getting up, he is, he is laughing and clapping, and then you <laughs> see on, on Twitter the photo of him being shocked, and it's like, <laughs> yo, if the Jay Z's there, Beyonce's there, it's like, yo, what what sets in, he's got. Chris got rock. Got, Chris Rock got smacked the shit. Will Smith smacked the shit out of him in front of Beyonce. You know, like it, <laughs> to me, it's just <laughs> he got smacked in front of all of his peers. To me, that's like yo. Like I understand the conspiracy theory part, but I'm like, man, I don't know what I don't know if it's worth worth if that kind of publicity would be worth getting smacked in front of my peers like that. Yeah, may, <laughs> like, and maybe 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 I'm lessening off of it. Maybe they didn't clue in Will Pack or whatever. Uh, I, I was I was immediately making jokes that it was Brock Brock throwing the title at Vince at WrestleMania again. Like I thought that was that was <laughs> it. And to me, because now what just broke was there was undisclosed. Um, I just saw it on Deadline. There was undisclosed via Variety undisclosed meeting, Zoom meeting between Will and. Um, the CEO Don Hawson and the president uh, David Rubin of the Academy and the Academy's board of governors didn't know about this because they're they're looking to put of course you know, take action to it yeah but yeah. they just they're finding out and they're pissed 
and I'm looking at some some of the board of governors um, for for this year. It's people like Ava DuVernay, Steven Spielberg, Laura Dern, Whoopi Goldberg, Rita Wilson, and there's a whole bunch of other producers. But like, like <laughs> to me, the the Academy they can. It's weird because if we're really talking, the Academy really doesn't need Will Smith, um, but. You know the star power it brought. It brought the ratings up, and I heard on the the big picture ringer show um, with with Sean Fennessy, he said that they, they usually cover the Oscars. Um, the seat that Will was in that's usually Tom Hanks's seat. So a lot of a lot of the room was flipped up with that old. They really Will Packer did his job and really changed that that old guard that old basically old Hollywood what's been going on for years and I don't know if listen it, it work or not it got a reaction and all parties evolve um got got what they wanted and it was just it was just a weird thing but um <laughs> it's it's the aftermath of it's more shocking because uh we're finding out people don't fuck with Chris Rock People don't fuck with Zoe Saldana, who came to Chris Rock's defense. Well, Zoe Saldana was a Zoe Kravitz. Oh, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe, well. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Oh, Zoe yeah. Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz Ooh. is. Yeah, that's a lot. It's there. an interesting uh, one too because people are calling her out for some fucking grooming shit that's from like 2014 that she already admitted to in all, the past, and now they're bringing it back but, up. Yeah, yeah, but also like in, in terms of like how she treats race, it's like oh yeah, like le- like like it's like it's like Lenny was like that too. Oh, yeah, so this yeah, doesn't yeah, shock yeah. me. I mean, of course. Like, like, so, so it's like, it's like, I think people are like shocked. I was like, oh yeah, everyone's in the Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I was like, I, I, I was always thought that was cool or whatever, but it was like, yeah, I'm not shocked by this because Lenny was the exact same way. Yeah, no, I mean that's fucking that's wild to me that anybody didn't have any I didn't know that like Lenny Kravitz. I mean, whatever. I don't want to get into the politics of his of his parents and all that stuff, but I mean, they were not, uh, you know, the most progressive people. They were Hollywood elites as well. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's like this whole, it's a, but, uh, JML, before we, uh, wrap up here, I got to ask, mm-hmm. you know, the story history of New York versus Philly. Yes. Yes. You're aware of this, you're a neutral party in this. I would say you're a, Jer- you're a central Jersey. So you're kind of a neutral party here. Um, I used to not mess with Philly for a little bit, but that's just, that's all personal reasons. Um, <laughs> hey, nobody a, hates a, New a, York a, the way that Jersey hates New York, though, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's 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 different because it's like Jersey; it really is its own thing. But then people kind of act like it's still New yeah. York, so it's kind of like a weird, like no, like Jersey here it really is like its own thing. Same with New York. New York has dismissed us. That's the thing. New York has dismissed us so much, but. Um, don't don't come to the malls. Don't come to don't, <laughs> don't come to our malls. It's like that's that's the thing about it. But it is, it is what it is. Like I don't I don't have I don't have faith for for New York. I've, I've dated many women there, so it's it's whatever. But so you're aware you're aware of like the his, history between New York and Philadelphia. Does this moment is New York down right now? Absolutely, they're down. Absolutely, New York is down. Absolutely. New York is down right now. Absolutely, they're down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And this is going to get bring, bring up if uh, if if Philly faces uh, if the Sixers face the Nets in the playoffs. Oh my God! I need that so bad. <laughs> I need it so bad. Oh my God! I need that so bad. What would 
New York have to do? Brooklyn specifically. What what has to be done in order to like like get like you know get their lick back? Like what like what do they have to do? Like um I don't know. Jada Kiss got to do another versus and do it with, against Bean Siegel. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't I I don't know how New York gets 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 back here. The Giants have to beat have to beat the Eagles like like uh gotta 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 win both the games. Yeah, you gotta win both games. Gotta win a Super Bowl. Like, because <laughs> the Giants are the Giants are horrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Philly. Philly is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly has this bragging right for a while, and I don't, I don't like this at all. Because <laughs> the he, Will Smith is their favorite son. Like, it's not. It was never like a like a Kobe situation where. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's always it's always been well. Yeah, always been well. So in in New York in Chris Rock's in New York comedy staple, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like Eddie Murphy's got to stab somebody from Philly or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned okay, well, Kevin, well, Kevin, Kevin Hart's from Philly, so someone has to like so someone has, someone from New York has to get him. I, I think that's the only way we can get we can get back now. Oh yeah, I forgot about Kevin Hart. Oh, I forgot Kevin Hart was from Philly. So yeah, we we can yeah, someone has to get Kevin Hart now. Ah, <laughs> uh, Meek Mill's gonna do something stupid. Ah, you know. uh, yeah, Meek Mill's <laughs> gonna put Philly back down a few points. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were you gonna say? Oh to yeah, him? I was just gonna say uh, you mentioned uh, Jay Z and the Jay Z reaction picture, and I I don't know, maybe I'm just completely checked out. I hadn't noticed or anything, but. I didn't realize that this motherfucker's still doing the Basquiat cosplay bullshit with his hair. I was how is how is that still yeah. going on? How many years has this been? Like, and he's still keeping that going. There's another conspiracy yeah, no. that that is a headpiece. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that it, it ain't real. It's a headpiece because there was there was a time where he was growing his hair out and he wrapped it around with a bandana for a little bit. He. I remember that era. Yeah, and then. He disappeared, and then all of a sudden he has the Basquiat, Basquiat okay. dreads, like the unkept Basquiat dreads and whatnot. Like, so it's a headpiece, or it's like a it's a one of those like systems that they do where like they have to do the surgery and implant the thing. It could be both. I yeah, think yeah. it's I think it's a system. I think it, yeah, they sewing. Yeah, they, they definitely they, yeah, they definitely do maintenance on it. Yeah. yeah, they have to keep it up. So that's why it has to stay like that, even though it looks ridiculous. All right, it's costs a yeah, lot of money. Like, I don't know. Like I, I've, I've never had I've never had dreads, but I've been around people with dreads. You can have nice dreads. Like I don't, I don't know. Oh, it yeah. just frustrates me. Yeah. You know, just uh, like for me, it was always like the main example was like when Fetty Wap suddenly had dreads, and I'm like, wait, hold on a second. When did you get dreads? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, how did? When did that happen? Yeah. And like everyone just kind of like let it rock, and like everyone had all these jokes for Tory Lanez and Tory Lanez's hairline and Tyga, and I was like. Fetty Wap just magically had dreads, and no one talked about this. Yeah, Fetty, man, listen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. doesn't doesn't another jersey want to hurt you, hurt you a little bit? That yeah. One. Um, had, if you guys didn't know, if you guys didn't know, there's also a wrestling podcast. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> Julia. We could talk about Julia's hair showing up uh, later on, I guess. Um, but yeah. Um, and then the With other the thing, Naomi Osaka braids. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned one of the other hosts of uh, um, Amy Schumer, and I wanted to uh, shout something out. I don't know if anybody else, but the Life and Beth Amy Schumer show that just I think it's new, new ish. 
It's actually fucking good, man. Like, I've never been a fan of Amy Schumer. Never thought she was very funny, any of that. But that show is pretty decent, so I would recommend it. She, like, wrote it, directed it, did all the thing. It's got Michael Sarah in it as, like, the main character with her. Pretty good show. I saw a yeah. lot of comments saying that she was actually funny on the Oscars. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see... I didn't see some of her bits, but I, I saw a lot of people saying that she was actually actually funny during the Oscars. I didn't hear anything about Wanda Sykes, by the way. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's just like the Wanda. That's the that's the Wanda Sykes story. Yeah. Right now. Nobody ever pays attention to Wanda, which is a fucking shame because yeah, she's been killing it for decades at this point. But whatever. But but I trust but I trust you, so I'll probably I'll I'll, I'll give I'll give that. Uh, Whatever that it gets when episode came out, so I probably get, I'll give that a watch. Yeah. I still have to like catch up on Atlanta and. Oh and fuck! Did you watch the first episode of Atlanta? No, I haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched so I gotta, it. Gotta, gotta, yeah. I gotta, God I damn! It. I just watched I the first episode last night, and there's a second episode up. The first episode is fucking crazy. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna get on that immediately. Um. Either way, this is a wrestling podcast, as you said. Um. Uh, I don't know what the fuck wrestling we even want to talk about. Um. I don't even know at this point because we went so long on that that it feels yeah. like, <laughs> like uh, what exactly. And it's also yeah, like if you like a little behind the scenes thing. It's a little bit later for us than we usually record. Yes. Like that's just like that's just what's going on right now. So we'll wing it, and we might not even get to what the planned thing was nah. in depth. Probably. All right, <laughs> yeah. all right, New Japan. All right, New Japan Cup. Quentin, we've we already reviewed everything except for the semifinals and the finals. Um realistically i don't know if there's much to say i thought zach looked great they're both, they're, yeah, all the matches yeah they're, bo- they're both yeah they're, they're both matches that we've seen a few t- a few times we've seen okada versus naito we've seen zach versus shingo uh now this is like the third time in the last year or whatever so they're good matches they're very good matches i like both of them we get to the final we've seen zach versus naito plenty of times didn't like the final as much no. i'll be honest i'm not like zach and naito have pretty on and off chemistry I've liked. I really liked a couple of their matches. Have really cared for a couple of their matches. Uh, so, a mi- little bit of a mixed bag. Um, coming out of the New Japan Cup for me. My primary thought, and I don't know if I'm jumping around too much, is now I always said that I always felt like Zach kind of occupied a space that sh- that Shibata left when he got injured, sure. like. Obviously, he's not a native, so it's a different thing. But in terms of like that kind of style that people, uh, it's might be looking. It's for, like Shibata, that, but it's also like the fact that if you if you do think about it, Shibata filled a role that was similar to Billy Robinson, you know, and Zach kind of it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's Billy Robinson, Shibata. It's kind of a similar thing. So that's why I always felt like Zach had a ton of potential in New Japan if they ever wanted to go with him as a top act. Does it feel like too little, too late? now because the like you guys have everything that's going on you had to push shingo a little bit you had to push shingo a little bit sooner than you wanted to um abushi and all his stuff going on naito with the injuries osprey and his back and forth with new japan jay white and jay white is still currently jay white is still currently in america like do you feel like it's a little bit too little too late for zach to make this new japan roster any more interesting like we've seen zach versus okada zach and okada is a great pairing and i'm not even ruling out zach winning this match honestly even though i don't think he will but is it like a little too little too late huh i mean 
I think it's insane to, to say that he could win, honestly. I don't think there's any chance, but maybe you're right. Maybe he could win. Um, that would be that would honestly be it. That would be the most interesting thing you could do. I think it could completely shift what they're doing with him and how they've presented him in a way that probably would be enough to honestly, it would be kind of fresh. Um, the thing I just don't think you, I, I mean, like, I can't put it past New Japan, but it's like to do the exact same thing again and for him to not win and have it lead to the exact same champion facing Okada like it did last time and to there and for there to not be a different result and for him to go through and beat Will and beat Shingo and beat Naito and like he beat some, he, he's beating a bunch of names in the New Japan Cup runs. He's kind of just the New Japan Cup guy at this point, which I understand. Yeah. So if he loses the title match, it wouldn't shock me. But, like, I don't know, beating Will, Shingo, and Naito, I'm like, huh. It feels like there could be more to this. And granted, it's New Japan Cup, so you could be looking too deeply into it. But it would just be like, you're doing the same thing again just to have him face and lose to Okada again. I don't know. Like, I'm still predicting Okada. But it would feel a little weird when the company still does kind of need a fresh coat of paint. I, I'm i leaning towards Zach actually winning because okay. you, this this is my theory that um, during the summer they're going to bring Shibata back and have a title defense. So, um, and they, you could see that they trust Zach a lot with Shibata and just anybody who does that style, they, they'll trust. And I think with, with Zach... Um, it brings something new, it brings something fresh, but also you can have um, Shibata, if they get full crowds back, that place would sell out instantly if Shibata and Zack would, would face off like at a sumo hall or something like that, or or even at Dominion at Osaka Joe Hall, um, if they have full crowds back. Um, I think somehow the title gets back to Okada. Um because I, I, I think they might even have him win the G1, but that would be kind of crazy to win back-to-back and would it be the fourth time he's won the G1 or something like that, or, or the third time. But um, I just think that it's time to make a new guy in with Zach because um, I don't think they're going to do it with Taichi. And they just... just with just with um, the Suzuki Gun group with with him with, Despi, with the rise of Despi um, and Taichi with, with Zach and Taichi being tag champions uh, with Suzuki doing whatever he wants to do and then Takas being back in the fold taking taking pins or whatever um, they're, they're right now they're the most interesting group um, LIJ's kind of cooled off so you have to put somebody in and you can't go down the bullet club wormhole again um, the fans are not going to like it, so you might as well just give it to, give it to Zach. Especially when you when you frame it as he beats Will, he beats Shingo, um, he's beaten Naito, and then he beat Okada. You could make him a, a man um, with all those wins. I love the idea of the the group transitioning a third time and then becoming Saber Goon. Like that would be that would be just perfect for me, just because because of like I love that kind of nerdy stupid bullshit like that where like the group has changed names and been passed down already twice to do it a third time I would love it. So 
Yeah, I mean, if they reposition Zach as as the top guy of the group, um, the tag team run really did kind of solidify him in that way. That's like kind of an old school Japanese style of booking where you push a guy through in a tag team that way and then moving forward. And the Shibata thing, I mean, is it just a they bring in Shibata over the summer and do a Shibata run? Or is it when things open back up and during the summer we get more and more New Japan strong influences and we get, you know, a Shibata goon. We get a New Japan strong army. Do we get Team Filthy? It feels like they're building towards it. It feels like Tom has been teasing it enough. Do we get Team Filthy showing up in Japan? Do we get New Japan strong wrestlers showing up more in Japan and is Shibata part of leading that group? I mean, I think that that is realistic and I think that you guys have actually talked me into this when from the beginning I said it last you know, last podcast, like, I didn't think there was any chance of, of Zach winning this. I thought that telling a story where Zach is just particularly good in single elimination tournament as opposed to G1 makes sense to me. Um, but now I'm like, yeah, I could see a diversionary, you know, spring into summer Zach title run that because because if they do bring over a lot of crossover of people from New Japan Strong into Japan, Zach is kind of the perfect guy to have matches with all of that style that he's already established in the New Japan hierarchy, but he can also wrestle with all of them and deliver in high-value matchups. So, not a crazy thought. Yeah, like I said, like we'll, we could wind up looking stupid in the next two weeks and <laughs> Zach just loses. So it's like, all that's, all that's always something that's a possibility, especially when dealing with Okada and we've seen that they haven't exactly been like pushing Zach super hard in New Japan even though he's, he's always a guy that gets wins gets respected in the booking but like not like a priority in making him a guy most of the time so I it, it, like I'm probably leaning like 55-45 I think it's a I think I'm on 55 that Zach wins um, I think it's 60% with me um cause like you could do the Shibata match the, he's done. He's done matches with Tanahashi to death, um, and probably you could, because Gato's gonna book him. If if they make, if he makes some champion, he's gonna do the Tanahashi, Zack match over and over like that match again. Um, they've kind of cooled off on it, but they. I remember they wrestled like three times in what 2019, or something like that. Yeah. Like, um, so. I'm I'm leaning towards Zach winning, but I can I can actually I can see um, Okada retaining it and just making him like the guy because of the 50 year anniversary. But um, I'm I'm still leaning towards Zach. Hopefully, to me to me it was like I just felt like if you wanted to draw a house, I just don't want to, like just draw a random house for a cool one off match. I don't know why you just wouldn't do Okada versus Hiromu. Like. Yeah, to me, I'm like that, but that was just right there. So if you're doing like a big one-off match, we're gonna draw this house, and then that'll just be the end of it. I don't know why you just why that just wouldn't be Okada Hiromu. So that to me is like, it feels like Zach should win. I don't know. It's New Japan. We won't know until it happens or whatever. But to me, it's like if you were just trying to do a draw a house kind of thing, then Okada Hiromu was right there. Yeah, I can't. I can. I can't disagree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we have to talk about this. It's a big deal, obviously. Sorry, gonna transition a little bit. Um, but a stardom legend made a major return 
uh, we all have to talk about Tony Storm uh, back in <laughs> <laughs> showing up in AEW. No, um, uh, but seriously, like, uh, yeah, there was the Tony Storm return, whatever, AEW, all that stuff. Um, one thing I wanted what to... What do you think about the idea... Oh, what do you think about the idea that, like, it seems like like people kind of putting out there that like they're like people in wrestling are like they really really want to make Tony Storm a star like not just like obviously like higher ups that see Tony Storm as valuable but like her peers that are like no this woman is a star and whoever wherever she goes wherever she went whether it would have been Impact or AEW they were gonna be like no we're gonna make her a star because that is what she is I mean that's, I said it from the fucking beginning right like when she showed up in in NXT WWE NXT UK all that stuff I said like. This is a star. She's figured it all out. H- have I been a big fan of her wrestling ever? Not really. I've been higher yeah, on her all, than think, some yeah, people, think, and I've been. Yeah, I think, yeah. All, I think, I think all of us can. I think all of us can agree that we've never really been like huge Tony Storm fans in the ring. No, right. no, I thought she mailed it in, like in like almost till the end of her stardom run. I thought she was basically preparing her way, her her move set for for WWE. Like I thought she was just she stopped being an interesting character to me. Yeah. And midway an interesting through wrestler, oh. excuse me. Yeah. And, and midway through her WWE run, she even transitioned to completely wrestling different, like a totally different style when she came back from injury. Um she had bulked up and was wrestling completely differently. Um that was I, I hate to say lazy, but it definitely wasn't bringing the same speed and intensity that she had brought in the past. And you could tell that there was a little bit of that, like, yeah, like, I don't need to try that hard, you know, because they're not going to do anything with me. So now we can see her. It seems like she's um, excited. She's interested. She's she's motivated. And she's ready to, to go out there and, and actually wrestle. So I think she is a major star. And I think that uh, there's, a, there's definitely a lot that you can do with her. You have, I hate to say this. But she's in the Owens tournament, and you have a pretty weak champion in AEW right now in Thunder Rosa. Me and Quentin talked about it a couple weeks ago that we don't know that she necessarily is a top-of-the-card level wrestler for a big company. Um, love her to death in a small room and have enjoyed her many times live and thought that she's really good. But I don't know that she's, you know, a, a star. And Tony is. So Tony winning the Owen, you know, the Owen Foundation Women's Cup. And then winning the title from Thunder Rosa does not seem insane, and seems like a pretty quick way to 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 build her up. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see where they what they do with her there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that seem off base? What do you guys think? No, it doesn't seem off base at all. And it's like usually you want to advise against kind of like I guess like hot shotting people and making and like especially what people call ex WWE people. And I feel like in this era, like, that's a thing that we just probably should just get away from saying because WWE signed everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, like, typically hot-shotting people, you, like, you risk, like, the optics of how they could look like. But with Tony Storm, I feel, I'm like, man, fuck that. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. Like, you just had one of the better women's wrestlers, like, on the scene, like, at least, like, you know, by, like, general consensus, uh like get released and walk and walk into your company fuck that like fuck whatever the optics may be you push her and you treat her like the like the kind of star that you want to use her as and like build up something like tony storm versus jade or some shit yeah well and talking about the xwwe thing there's a, a very famous quote uh that maybe people have heard where, where it is what is it uh 
Uh, every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. Like to say someone's an ex WWE wrestler, that just means that either you don't know like the history of them because there's almost no wrestlers who started out in WWE or you don't realize that there's like so many wrestlers who may have started somewhere and end up somewhere completely different. Like Tony is not an ex WWE wrestler by any stretch. Cause like I started this out by joking about the stardom connection. She made her name more in stardom, but also she started in Australia and like her first big prominence was in progress in the UK. And that was before WWE owned progress for, you know, people out there who don't remember that time. So yeah, like there's, there's definitely a past to Tony storm beyond being a WWE wrestler, whatever. Um, and speaking of a pass and a build and, and all that stuff, uh, another AEW women's uh, women's situation that I want to take a little bit of a victory lap because I don't remember if I said this on the podcast or I tweeted it out or if it was just a private message. But when they started teasing Jade doing her 30th match and her undefeated and all this, I remember putting it out there that I think the best thing that they could do would be to have Marina Shafir show up and be the number 30 and just roll through Jade and and like kick her ass out of nowhere because they've been positioning her strong in AEW Dark, and I think that out of anybody she would be the most believable person who could be the 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 speed bump for Jade on the way to the stardom that she deserves. You could also get the TBS title off of Jade and move it to someone else as you then move Jade up the card to the the main women's title. And uh, it's officially announced on AEW this week that the number thirty opponent will be Marina Shafir. The problem. Marina Shafir. So uh, I just wanted to take a little bit of a victory lap on that one because I predicted it and uh, it came true. Now we'll just see what happens with the match. I mean, I, I want to get like serious for a second because this is a really serious issue. Um, guys, Triple H retired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know this has been a tough, a tough time for all of us. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't the... laugh. But yes, you should. <laughs> yes, you fucking <laughs> should. <laughs> This has, been, this has been a tough time for all of us in the wake of this, you know, really heart-wrenching news that he will no longer be an in-ring competitor. Yeah, so, people were treating like it was a know. funeral. What the hell? Dude, you would have thought Triple H fucking died the way he <laughs> might as well have. Like, this motherfucker has no other resuming qualities but being a fucking in-ring competitor. And on top of that, it's like his, his entire, like... Ego history hold on, hold on, aura hold on, hold on, is hold fucking on, inflated and fake. Anyway. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you implying that he had value as an in-ring wrestler? No, I'm saying that that's all that he had for himself. <laughs> that's all that he believed in for okay, himself. Okay, okay, okay. Otherwise, okay, he's a okay, fucking okay. complete failure. I'm sorry. Like, NXT was fun, <laughs> and people can send him all the fruit baskets that they want. But this guy's just, like, a completely shoddy, like, book. Like, the only reason why NXT was ever any good was just because they had the best wrestlers from the indies and they had a fucking unlimited pocketbook that they could just waste as much money as possible. They produced no talent of their own. They never created any stars. People understood that. People knew that. And they would talk about it intrinsically, about how when those wrestlers would go to the main roster, they would always fail. But they never... They never pointed the finger at Triple H for being the one who fucking failed them. I'm sorry, but his job was to create those people, make them ready for the main roster, and he never did. He never made anyone ready for the main roster. All he did was grab them from the indies, have them do the same shit that they did on the indies. Everyone popped and had a bunch of fun, but he never like made he never developed anything. And then outside of that, as a corporate executive, the guy was a fucking complete failure. They had to do like 
baby's first investor calls and do these fake fucking phone calls with the media say hey paul just wanted to say you're doing a great job um what do you think about bailey isn't she great yeah yeah bailey is great and, and we're all big fans of her like this guy pretending like he can do the corporate side of things pretending like he can do the fucking booking side of things pretending like he can do everything that's basically triple h's entire career the motherfucker pretending like he can do anything and the only reason why anyone knows this piece of shit's name is because Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, X-Pac, even fucking Just Incredible all were cooler than him and were too busy getting fucked up on Somas and they needed some straight-edge pussy to drive. That's the only reason why anyone knows Triple H's name. <laughs> there you go. Uh, JML, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you got anything to add add to that, add to that. Well, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I will I will I will give him a little bit of grace. Um, that first mini crop of and when when he when NXT really got started, um, and not not when it got started, but when it really got um, like 2014 to 2015. I'd say there was some actual real development there, um, where he had like Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, Becky, um, you know, Sammy, um, the Vaude villains, you know, Enzo and Cass, like all these people were kind of over, and it was that was the one that was kind of organic in a way. Some of the some of those people did have indie, independent backgrounds. Um, in background, you know, of course with Sammy, you know, you know, it's Generico and Steam, but, um, I, I feel like after that first takeover in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, where people had doubts they even sell out the place, um, that's when developmental just went, it went, it, it did not become developmental anymore, became what it was, and it was just basically sign all the indie guys, like Tim said, but, um, there was some creative stuff. Like I, I actually, actually did enjoy some of the creative stuff. And and, and it was a term. It was a time period. It was competing against the main roster. Um, for for what it was. Now looking back on it, it shouldn't have been that way. Um, looking at what NXT 2.0 is now, that's what should be should be the line lineup in terms of getting the wrestlers in line for for national television and as much as much as we don't like it you know one of my favorite wrestlers is Saray like that's how they're going to book her in the main roster if she ever makes it up there I mean just look at just look at Tozawa just look at Ricochet like it's just it's it's, Vince Vince likes what he Vince is stuck in his ways and he likes what he likes and Triple H did not get them ready like, like Tim said um as an in-ring wrestler, listen, the last, to me, the last entertaining match he had was with Moxley, um, with, um, what was that, it was like the, he was Roblox into the line, or something like that. Yeah, with the full, yeah, with the, yeah, with the false finish. Yeah, like, that was the most, that was this last entertaining match to me, um, I'm never, I've never been a big fan of Triple H in the ring, um, I, but I've, I've enjoyed some of his matches, um, 
I, I don't know. It's just so it's a weird thing for me. Like he was, I think a lot of his his importance was kind of mag- magnified when he was grouped in with in that attitude era because people don't realize it. It was the real big four was Austin, Rock, Foley, and Undertaker, and it wasn't Triple H. And they've kind of, you know, WWE's rewriting history and they're making him, like, as big as those guys, but it really wasn't. So, with that being said, I mean, he got the mega push, and and I'm not even going to go with the China stuff, because that's, to me, the China stuff's heartbreaking. Like, um... For, yeah, if you even wanted to, like, add in, like, the treatment of China to what Tim was talking about, like, uh, <laughs> uh, Tim, our pal Simon... Uh, I was talking. I was telling him about your great Triple H rant, and he mentioned uh, how about talking about Triple H ingratiating ingratiating himself into that group to take advantage of that explicitly. Oh yeah, no, meaning, he had a meaning, history meaning, of meaning doing the, it. Me, me, meaning their meaning their drug addiction. He had a history of that because okay, <laughs> William Regal has recently come out multiple times in interviews talking about how hard he was on his body with his drug addiction. Oh, what was Triple H doing before he showed up in WWE and joined the Click, buddying up with William Regal? Another more talented wrestler who has a history of drug addiction. Triple H is the fucking Black Widow. He's he intentionally manipulating people who have drug. I mean, fuck. Who's the biggest drug addict in all of professional wrestling? Well, fucking Vince McMahon, addicted to steroids, and he buddied up to him just the same. Like this guy, he does not mind taking advantage of people who he sees that have these fucking substance abuse issues, and he doesn't do anything to better them or to help them. No, he just takes advantage of it to help himself. Yeah, like, the guy has a history of doing that and did it before the click, did it after the click. China has multiple times on interviews before her passing talked about how she was on the straight and narrow, she was clean, she was just, like, a, you know, normal girl, and then when she got involved with Triple H and she got exposed to everything and she got pushed towards substance abuse and it was by Triple H. The guy is a fucking, he, the guy is a monster. The guy is a, a, a void. The guy is intentionally uses that shit to take advantage of people. And it is, you know, it, I, I can't blame him. Like, okay, you don't have a taste for it, so you use it to sabotage other people. It's fucking gross, though. It really is insanely gross um, that he did that. And, okay, I'll, I'll put this out there. Triple H screwed Brett. It was his idea. He did the whole thing. So a lot of my fervor and hatred towards Triple H is based on that as well. But yeah, fuck this guy. It is kind of it is kind of crazy. It's like, how did you even like have like? Granted, he was like cool with like friends with all of them, and just happened to be in the room with all that stuff happening. But it's like, dude, the fact that Triple H was like the deciding vote, like, like the like the like the hoodie Kermit in like Vince in Vince McMahon's screw job decision is like kind of fucking insane. If you don't want to do business, ninth, we'll we'll do business for him. That bullshit. Yeah, yeah. fucking like tri- like Triple H being hoodie Kermit in 1997 is actually insane. <laughs> He's fucking The guy is a fucking monster. That's why I don't feel bad for him, man. Like uh, And he's better Brett, off than he deserves to be. Brett Brett's ex-wife, that clip every time from Wrestling the Shadows. It comes up like every year like like it's like it's uh, like it's Groundhog Day. Like she says, like, she says that, it, it, whatever, whatever, what, what, whatever comes your way, um, what, I, I forgot the words, but it was, it was, it, it, it's, it's come back to him in a vengeance, yeah. and, like, to have, like, I don't wish him to, like, like, when I actually watched the Stephen A 
interview and he detailed like his his, his father had heart issues his grandfather his great grandfather had heart issues so yeah he he had a legit basically like a almost like a legit heart attack um when I say almost that sounds fucked up but he had he had a legit heart attack um but like everything like the, the meme that goes around twitter is like Brett was right about everything and you know Brett's wife comes around and says like for 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 Hunter to, to be to to do that and he was just he was copping please and it it's it's everything is turned back around on him and it's just you, you reap what you sow, you know, and and that's that's that. I'm not. The thing is, is that he's there's some good things, but it's it's a lot of bad. It's a lot of bad, and I wouldn't be surprised if when we're talking about the Indianville day that Vince passed. Like we're probably gonna have the same type of discussion. But oh no, Vin, oh, oh look, I'll be honest with you. you look, when Vince dies, we're having a party on this podcast. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. This podcast specifically, you don't have to indulge in it. But when Vince dies, I don't care. Like, that fucking vampire bitch is gonna like be alive to like he's like 130 or something. So like, he might outlive all of us. It's possible. <laughs> but as soon as that news drops, I'm telling you, an emergency podcast oh, yeah. is getting recorded within moments. Like, I'm, <laughs> <I will>. yeah, <laughs> I'm not waiting for that body to get cold. No, yo, fuck no. Uh-uh. <laughs> And JML, what uh, what uh, Brett's wife said was, uh, "You can swear to God all you want, but one day God's gonna strike you down." And that's what's going there you on go. right now. That's why I was I was I was forgetting that line. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And he had it fucking coming since that day and every day since. Like I said, he's continued to be a real fucking piece of shit. Um, and whatever. I that's why I always I really hated all the people who gave him so much credit, and I really relished the stuff like Dylan talking about the political hit job because even if it was tongue in cheek or whatever it was, like uh, it was, it just was at least someone pointing out the 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 way that this motherfucker is such a conniving piece of shit, like he always has been, and to see something like what's going on with CM Punk in AEW and just how great he is and just how passionate he is about wrestling and really knowing that CM Punk almost doesn't even realize or maybe he's referenced it but he doesn't know how much of the reason why that someone as passionate about pro wrestling as CM Punk someone who's the best wrestler in the fucking world someone who's on his way to being the the wrestler of the year again in in 2022 um, wrestling was ruined for him by Triple H you know and and he, he yeah. almost doesn't realize it you know, he he almost doesn't completely see it, but it's true. This motherfucker was a poison. He was a, you know, he really was just a vile, disgusting plague on the face of professional wrestling for however fucking long he's been in power. It's funny how you mentioned that CM Punk, the CM Punk dynamic, because I remember I was in college when um, Punk team with DX and Survivor Series, and I remember... I remember oh, being yeah. on DVDVR and like that picture floating around with, with with Triple H having his arm around Punk, and I'm just like, this is fucking. It was surreal back then, like knowing how Punk was and how Triple H was. It was surreal back then, and just thinking it now in 2022, it is. If you look at that picture now, it is, it is def. It, it's almost deafening. Like a picture, like it, it tells you what 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 it was, what it was going to be. Um, they say a picture tells a thousand words, but, um, no, it, it tells the real story. Like, you knew what was going to happen. Like, it was, it 
was what it was. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if there was anything else that, w- that this was this segment was supposed to be about other than me going off. I'm sorry, Quentin. I'm sorry, Jay. I, I'm no, losing my shit. That's, perfect, that's, no. perfect, that's perfectly fine. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Exactly, exactly this has what I'm been decades for. of vitriol that's... towards this motherfucker. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, like this isn't even talk, and like even on a, on a lesser scale, like this is the dude directly responsible for killing independent yes. wrestling. Like, regardless of regardless of whether or not, like, you know, like the seedy underbelly of like British wrestling and like all that needing to get exposed and come to light, like whatever you want to say that has nothing to do with Triple H, not fine. But like, he the, the dude killed independent wrestling. It, it, like, just if you didn't, it didn't even want to get into that, so like just based off that. It's fucking. Yeah, we're recording during Mania weekend, and that's probably the biggest independent, biggest weekend for independent wrestling, not just for WWE, for independent wrestling in the United States. And we're sitting recording about it. We should we should be actually watching this, but how the how the <laughs> landscape is now, like, yeah. do you want to rush and watch anything? You guys probably have stuff in the background. I don't like. I'm not <laughs> quick to rush it. Watch, watch anything for Mania Weekend. I'll watch Bloodsport. I'll, I'll order the, I'll order the replay. But like, there's nothing. There's not a lot of stuff this weekend that excites me. But I'm, but I like I like Japanese wrestling, you know. First, and um, in a way, he almost he almost went for went for the. He definitely oh, yeah. went. He, he definitely went for that yeah. too. Definitely went for that like too. The, for we're gonna talk about Stardom. Like, could you imagine <laughs> if they if if they bought Stardom? Oh, man, if that would have went through, I'm at, because I'm at, like, just, like, Stardom has, like, this embarrassment of riches right now, and it could get even crazier if EO winds up leaving, so it's, like, it's, yeah, man, if, if, thank God that didn't happen. Like, I'll just be frank, the, 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 the landscape of the women's wrestling scene in Japan, it's not great, um, you look at what I, Ice Ribbon has been the most befuddling thing coming out of the pandemic that they, like, everybody has left. All the all their main stars have left, and they are holding by on and by a string. Um, Tokyo Joshi Pro, I know a lot of people love them, but they did a really bad number too small. Um, and they're just not they're not improving. No, yet. and then like people that and the people that were in that system have gone on to just straight up be better in stardom, like like like, like Mirai. Right, right, and you have Seedling. They've they still have. You know, Nanai's left, but they had, you know, Shiga comes back, so you have three people on the roster. Um, Pure J is still going to be Pure J, because the thing about Pure J is they, they, the people rent their ring, so they're still going to be in business no matter what. I don't know how uh, Command Bolshoi does it, but they're still going to be in business. Um, but other than that, there's not a lot of women's wrestling, you know, I... Now I'm thinking about it, um, the Oz Academy, but the Oz Academy does their own thing, and Miyamazaki's just done their own thing for 20 years, but um, the women's wrestling scene is not great. It's just basically stardom and everybody else, and it is, it's the thing that um, me and and Alex and other people have kind of warned when Bushiro bought stardom, like, this was going to happen. Now, if WWE bought stardom, this seemed to be completely dead. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and that's and, and for Triple H to, and I'm glad that that Rossi Ogawa say what you want about him, he's a controversial figure himself, but for him to look at the offer saying, well, we'll sell you, sell you Stardom, and then you get a, a Hall of Fame bid, um, even though nobody in the United States really knows about him, yeah. um, 
Could you imagine Rossi going into the that would have been awkward? That would that have been so fucking weird. Absolutely, and it's 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 funny because this week in um, independent pro, independent wrestling TV um, just announced that they are doing oh, yeah. all Japan women. Yeah, <laughs> all Japan, they, they are putting all Japan women on their on their streaming service. Um, we had no idea because they in the press release they said that was it was lady it was lady. It was Ladies Magazine, which I didn't know they were in the media game. I thought Samurai TV and Fuji TV owned the footage. Um, very much so that if that Stardom deal got went through, WWE would have owned Stardom. I don't know if because now if this if if they bought Stardom and the same thing applied that Nick Khan comes in and they clean up everything and they shut down because they actually shut down their Japanese branch. So they shut down, shut down NX, WWE Japan. Um, they would have owned Stardom's footage, and they probably would have gone ahead and bought um, the all Japan, some of the All Japan footage, All Japan Women's footage, just for that Rossi Ogawa induction ceremony. Like it, it, it's nasty. It's nastiness, and I, you, you're now. I mean, I'm getting heated, but Tim, you, <laughs> I, I think you. I can't I can't measure up to you, but um, damn, now I'm, I'm getting yeah. heated about it. But. Think I mean, but yours is a hypothetical, right? Mine, mine yeah, unfortunately yeah. happened for the past like twenty years, thirty years, whatever. But yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely insane to think about what could have happened there, and it was pretty close. I mean, they worked on it, and you got Mako Satomura. It was, yeah, it, was a, it was it was it was a legitimate yeah. thing. And all we ended yeah, up they... suffering was uh, Hideki Suzuki and Mako Satomura sitting in 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 warehouses doing fucking matches in front of fifteen people. Yeah, Hideki Suzuki just kind of like hanging yeah. out, like yeah. Hideki Suzuki and um, Kendo Kashin too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Kendo Kashin. Yeah. Kendo Kashin. And, uh, yeah. And um, oh god, the the Ikemen, Jiro. Jiro, Jiro in the jacket. Oh Jiro's 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 yeah. still there. Yeah, Jiro's still there. Kushida surprisingly still there. Um, jacket time. Um but remember with that, that report VOW came out with saying that it, they were going to have a dojo, they're gonna buy Big Japan and yeah. have a dojo yeah. Because it was that weird it was that weird awkward period. That I, th- I, th- I think I think Russell one was involved yeah, too. Yeah, Russell right? one was involved, but it was that weird awkward period that Dais- Daisuke Sakamoto was getting American bookings out of nowhere, um, and a lot of people speculated that WWE paid for the visa, like um, like like some have speculated when you know, well, Kota Ibushi did when when he came over Mania Weekend and eventually did the did the Cruiserweight Classic. So. Yeah, I'll say that that was a positive that I'll give to WWE because I did get to see uh, both of them, actually. Daisuke Sakamoto and Ibushi live because of WWE paying for their pieces. So I'm not going to, not gonna, uh, you know, completely shit on everything they did there. But, uh, yeah. Um, so we are, at least on the East Coast time, we are super late yes. right now. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out what exactly do you guys want to do for, do for this uh stardom portion so to be perfectly transparent with you guys i forgot that they ran sumo hall both nights i just completely forgot and whiffed on that that is my bad and as soon as we are done recording i am going to go and watch those i'm going to go and finish up that show but so i only saw night one i know both of you got i know both i know you guys saw both nights so if you have any kind of like general stardom takes or anything that you want to get off 
uh, regarding stardom, thoughts on the matches, whatever or yeah, not. Well, we're cool, but I'm, well, like, just what do you, well, what do you guys want to do? I went all out and I did my whole thing and I did notes. I have star ratings. I did all of that. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to just post my notes somewhere online. I will just put them on Twitter or something, whatever, and people can just like look through them. It's bad. I think there's a ton of stuff that probably shouldn't be in here. I'll just put it up there. Star ratings, all that. That's what I'm gonna do on that. But I think the big thing to talk about, obviously, and you watched night one, so you can talk about this, is obviously the return of. Kari, Kari Hojo, uh, Kari Sun. Hojo, but I think she's going. Uh, just Kari. I think, I think we're just uh, yeah, just Ky, just Kyrie yeah. now. So here's my big thing. I gotta ask JML this question actually before I get going. Um, in the match with Starlight Kid, I noticed that on the back of Starlight Kid's mask, she had a uh, like a nautical themed circle star kind of insignia. It, was that always there? Was that specifically for the Kari Sane match? And is there like, or is there like a bigger like symbolism to it? Uh, I think it was for the Kari match because she does with every big match Starlight Kid does. She has like a custom mask for the opponent. Yeah. So I think that was that was it. That was intentional for that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So for the Kari Sane, Kari, I don't want to just call her Kari. You know, I, it feels weird. Um, Kari Hojo return. Here was my big thing from the tag match that we've all we all saw the Kari and uh, Mayu, I guess Tudum, versus uh, the Cosmic Angels. No, it was a uh, Momo. It was Momo, uh, Edotai, Momo and Starlight Kid. Um, no, it was Cosmic Angels. Yeah, it was Tam and Unagi. Well, co- oh, 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 yeah, I completely forgot. I completely, for- I completely forgot that with the uh, with the uh, with the tag titles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cosmic Angels. Um, so, the thing was to me, <laughs> the first thing that struck me was that Kari saying Kari Hojo's return match in Stardom had Unagi in the match, which was fucking crazy to me. <laughs> that like, that is right wild. Yeah, I thought that was very weird. Um, my biggest thing was that Kari just like did not make herself feel special on her return. She just, to me, I just, like, instantly, once she got into the match, it was as if time had not passed, she had not been gone, and she was just back. I felt like Tam tried to play stuff up with the, like, when she laid on the mat and did the, like, hands in her face thing, and she was, like, doing some, like, kind of, like, trying to tease, like, there's, like, an interesting interplay between the two, but Kari was just, like, back to business as usual, trying to just speed through everything and make it like as if nothing happened and i thought that was an insane fucking waste i really think that kari is not showing me like positive and i will say that on the next night in the match that we're not going to review she did not better my feeling about this like there was a a, where they both her and uh mayu mayu is amazing obviously mayu was great in this match mayu was even better on the next night in her match um Almost like, almost like she's the best almost. wrestler in the world. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but like, Mayu actually brought something. But when they did the double, both of them climbed to the top rope and did dives to the floor. I don't know why, but that kind of spot just feels... It just feels not serious. Not special. And like a throwaway high spot that I don't feel like someone who's d- returning in their big return match should not do. Kari, I feel like, just completely did not try to make herself feel special try to not like make it seem like there's something like here 
And the finish of the match, I feel like, completely cemented this concept in my mind that I'm not wrong. And Kari is not acting as if she's special because she hits the big elbow drop that everyone's been waiting forever to see back in the fucking stardom ring. And that's not the finish because Mayu hits the moonsault and that's the finish. And I'm just like... I love Kari. I think that she's a great wrestler. I think that she's got great facials. There's a ton of things about her that are very good. But I think that on her return here, she is just completely showing that she's out of her depth when it comes to working as a big-time star who gets this stuff. Like, I hate to say this, but how do you completely overlook something like that? It just shows, like, a an ignorance, a blasé attitude that does not behoove someone to actually show me that they know how to work and make something out of something it's so fucking short-sighted to completely just come back it's been years you went to wwe you went to america you should come back you're an international star you're back home and you should make something of this and you just try to like act like nothing happened and you're just right back where you were before and it's fucking insane to me. Even if she was the top of the company before she left, she was one of the top stars. She was one of the biggest people in the entire company. So why wouldn't she come back like nothing happened? No, like, bump it up. Make it even bigger. Make yourself, like, through the fucking roof, top of the galaxy, the biggest star in the world. And she comes back and it's just, like, as if nothing happened. It was insane to me. It was such a fucking waste. Um... Quentin, JML, feel free to, like, <laughs> say what you have to say about this, but <laughs> how do you do this with your first match back? I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to give you a little pushback on it. I thought she did a good job. Um, I think I think because of the layoff, like, I, I forgot. I almost forgot how good Kari was, and I think she just wanted to get back to normal. I think that a lot of I don't I don't think she wanted I think some of the stuff of being a, a big star kind of permeated into the Starlight Kid match, which we won't talk about. Um, but in with with the I won't I don't want to spoil it for 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 Quentin. Um, but we have the entrance and all that. But um, I'm gonna push back and say like I I really think she she. She did an okay job of trying to settle in. Like, she's been off. She has been wrestling in, what, two years? So it might be just her trying to get her win back. And I don't think... Listen, in with her, she was one of the biggest things on the on the card. But she wasn't the biggest thing on the card. Like, the, the to me, the biggest thing on the card was 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 the dynamic of, of Shuri and Julia. We'll, we'll get to that later, but... Um, from a booking standpoint, I think uh, from a booking standpoint, I think she did her job. Um, in terms of in-ring work, it could have been left to be desired. The double dive, the double dive that you referenced before, I think it was a little nod to um, the tag team work of 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 Eo and, and Mayu. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on their their tag team name, uh, Thunder Rock. Um, it was an ode to Thunder Rock because they used to do that all the time with that dive to the outside. Um, but with Kari, um, I thought she did a lot better on night two against Starlight Kid. Um, and this one, she... I, I, don't, I don't know... It's hard because I know the... I know with Tim, like, like when you're referencing... Let me just say, when you're referencing how big 
big big of a star she could be. Are you referencing like the stuff you saw with her versus Shayna in terms of uh, how how epic she could be in terms of a worker? Is that that what you're referencing for? Sure. Sometimes, sure, yeah. yeah. Like with 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 that stuff, yeah. But I I think that um I know I think she has respect for for the wrestlers. And she didn't didn't want to overshadow everybody because right now, um, the tenor of of the of the company is they're going forward and she's and it's all new people and she's it looks like she's on a path to try to prom, try to put people over, almost like a pu- yeah she's kind of she's she's kind of like a cherry on top. It's like it's like it's cool that you're back, mm-hmm. but like you know we actually like figured things out while you were you know gone. what it feels yeah. like to me it feels like punk when he came back. A lot of people criticize Punk when he came back to AEW. Like, why has it? How how come he hasn't um, done these these really great matches? Even though like the Dark Match was great and every everything else. Like on the like with inside our bubble, we thought he was doing great stuff. On the outside, people were saying, "Oh, this the CM Punk stuff is not doing well." Now they're actually seeing that the Punk stuff is doing is going to be really well. You know, coming up with you know he's going to challenge Hangman or or Adam Page or whatever. Uh, for the title and the stuff like to me this year the stuff he's doing with MJF is great um but I think Kari's almost it's almost in a way what 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 Punk's doing with a with AEW the first year I think that's I feel like what Kari's gonna do in Stardom that's that's what it's gonna feel like that's I mean that's a, a fair way to do it and maybe if I had like a a translation I was actually wondering about that if there's like a a site or somewhere where they do like translations of the promos and and the storyline stuff, so that you can get a little bit better for stardom. Um, yeah, maybe I'm actually, missing that. Yeah, there actually is like Karen Peterson on post wrestling. She with her recap, she does a lot of the uh, post because she she um, she taught in Japan um, as a teacher, and she knows Japanese fluently. So she she translates it on Eng- on if you got the English if you got the English broadcast, they would have translated it. The promos, because okay. uh, Stuart Fulton. Um, I know we all probably watch the Japanese feed because that's I did. The, the English commentary thing. That's another. That's another discussion for another day. I actually wound up. Wa- I didn't. You guys know I don't watch English commentary. That would have. That wound up being the file that would download because I had trouble. I had trouble getting a, getting a file to work for me. <laughs> that wound up being the file that downloaded and yeah didn't didn't uh, enhance my time okay. watching the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a. That's another discussion for another day, but, uh, with the English state of the English commentary. But. but, but yeah, I mean the punk thing is one thing, but I I feel like punk still presented himself as a big star returning, selling out you know the the stadium without his name even being announced. The music hits, he comes out, he cuts a promo, he cut multiple promos building up. He picked, he called his shot. He picked who he wanted to wrestle to prove himself. As a wrestler, there's also a larger layoff where it's more like, you know, shaky. Do, uh, do I still got it? This is, I mean, two years is a long time, but it's not the same amount of time compared to Punk of like at least seven years. You know, like I get the reference, but I still think that like I want Kari to come out here and be serious and present herself above everything. Like, and this, you know, and you know what? This is also is a very old school fandom in my mind is that. Like I said, the big dive from the top to the floor feels like a throwaway 
spot that you just do you can say that it's a reference to another tag team but it's the kind of thing that i hate to this is again this is old school mentality that i have that i can't help when you're the big star the you know the big swinging dick who's just come back from the overseas tours you're the star like you do everything in the ring and a little bit more of like stoic a little bit more of like Everything I do matters, and I don't like. Yeah, but you, but you, but you, like you know that's not Kyrie though. I like, know you've it's seen not Kyrie before that even happened. I know it's not. I know. Yeah. So it's like, like we like this is like literally her name is the Pirate Princess. Right. So like that's like on some level that's just not who Kyrie is at all, and like just never was. Oh, yeah, feel, Quentin, feel free to give your th- give your thoughts. I mean, it's just like that's just like pretty much like that for me like I like the match and I feel like Kyrie has room to get better she's hasn't wrestled in a long time and like I think Kyrie will get better and certain matchups will just be better for her I think that watching her in the tag team match I see potential there like something like Kyrie versus Tam I think is uh, will be a really good match if they ever get to that you know that's like I'm looking forward to stuff like that I'm looking forward to seeing like we saw what Kyrie versus Micah looked like I would love to see what Kyrie versus Suri uh, looks like I would love to see what Kyrie versus Julia looks like. So like I think Kyrie will get like we'll get her um we'll get her we'll get her win back, get her feet get her feet wet and she'll be like ready to go in certain big spots or whatever. But to me it was just like I hear everything you're saying cuz I think you want you like like you want the like it's coming with good intentions. Like you want the best for Kyrie cuz you already think you think the world of her and you want her to translate to this big star and we and like instead of like talking about like Utami or whatever like, oh, look at here's like how great Kyrie is, and why are we talk about Kyrie and like I think it all comes with good intentions, but like also my, my thing would just be like Kyrie's always been this way. She's goofy, she's a pirate princess, you know, being like kawaii, like kawaii and adorable, like that's just what Kyrie is. Like I've actually felt like she had more of a nasty streak to where than she had had recently, and you can maybe say that maybe a little bit of carryover from like the Kabuki Warriors run in WWE. So to me, if I, I felt like Kyrie was a little bit different, but so at the end of the day, it's like when you see Kyrie Hojo's coming back to stardom, you want to see the pirate princess, or at least like I want to see the pirate princess. I know, sure. I think I speak for JML, JML, and like I know that he wants to see the same thing. And like, I get it. It comes with good intentions, but like, I don't know. Like, that's just who Kyrie well, is. The thing about, well, the thing about that is with the nasty streak is that I've always liked her like her as a baby, like as the ultimate baby face, but also had a nasty streak. I know, right? Um, compare her to Bailey. I always thought that there was a missed opportunity with them being a tag team because um, her nastiness would offset what whatever booking has stripped away from, like credibility stripped away of of Bailey. Whatever it was, um, all the stuff with Alexa Bliss and whatnot. I always thought that if they paired Kyrie with her, that it would it would gain it back because Kyrie's someone that in in stardom and also in NXT just was was cute and nice, but she would always also fight back and wouldn't back down and would it would even like like in the Evolution match um, with Shayna, like she fought off three people at the same time and ultimately passed out. They had the they gave her they gave her the pass out finish. Where she didn't tap and she lost the belt like that. So um, they've always, she's always been in control of her character in terms of, um, you know, presenting herself all this nice, cute person, but at the same time, wouldn't ain't gonna back down. Um, 
but with her coming into this new stardom, it's weird because the landscape is really, really different. And like you said, you want to see all the all the stuff that goes on, but with the other opponents, we'll see with the five star. But um, our friend of the show, Liam, um, he proposed to me that um, maybe she's not going to be with Stardom full time, and there's some interest, but there's some AEW interest. So that wouldn't shock. That yeah. would that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Either. So. I don't know if she wants to fully ingrate herself as the big, big star into the promotion that that you have to that Rossi has to set bookings for because she might be gone like like half the year. So maybe maybe that. Well, just I, this is legit. Wait and see. This is not the the bullshit WWE. You know, let's yeah. wait it out. This this is really wait and see because we don't really know. But I I, I know your frustrations with with it, Tim. It's just. I yeah, think yeah. it's. I get it. It's but a little bit more time. Yeah. It's a, again. It's a. It's a very old school thought to me. To, in my head, it's like you, you work as big as you can and make the most out of what you can. Um, after this, uh, Saya Kamatani versus uh, uh, Utami Hayashishida, uh, I actually I really enjoyed this. Um, I thought that Utami is like clearly switching her character up. I really enjoyed uh, Tall Saya. It, she's just like so out of control. I think that the Abushi comparisons that that they clearly intentionally make with her are, are like pretty apt. The only thing that misses is that like Abushi uh, has more is more naturally graceful than Saya has ever been. But there's like very few wrestlers who I think really pull off the like insanely smooth high flyer. I think like Pack and, and Ricochet are the only people that I've ever truly enjoyed. And that Saya's like sloppiness is better when it comes to wrestling because wrestling, I think that high flyer should be a little bit dangerous, and Saya does a really great job of being like athletic and dangerous and sloppy. Um, but that, but that said, I like I gave a higher rating to the tag team match before this that I like had a lot to say and a lot to nitpick than this. So this was solid, and I do think that Saya was the star of the weekend from both shows. I think that that Saya was the best performer across both t- shows. Um, so yeah, any thoughts you guys have? I'm, I saw I, I, I heard really good things about the Saya and Tam match. Yeah. So I'm 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 really excited. I'm really excited. I agree. I agree with you, Tim. Um, it's weird because this match, I saw the the I saw Saya. I saw the first night live, and then I just waited. I waited um, till the because it was the middle middle of the night again. Um, I waited for night two to, to wake up in the middle of the day and watch that. But I, but I watched night one live, and I remember the reaction the reaction on Twitter, people hated the, the match. Like, people were not liking the, the Utami Sai match. I was, I, was a little, I was a little different. I was more in line with you, Tim, that it was, it was good. It was, act, it was a very active match. Surprisingly, it was 27 minutes, and I didn't even realize it. Like, it was, it was the work was that good um i mean i think i agree with you that tommy is is changing up her style and ever since losing the belt um and but it was just weird because like it 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 didn't get to the next level and i know it's almost cliche when we to say that in reviews like it just didn't get to the next level but i think you could get a lot more out of them especially the evolution of their match seeing the evolution of their match of, of the last couple of years um, I was really worried last year with the Budokan Hall show 
that Saya wouldn't and Saya wouldn't come through, and she did. Whereas this one now, you already see where Saya. Um, the uh, the one thing you said about with her being a little sloppy, um, there was that one spot where she came over, ducked o- ducked under the, the the lariat like like uh like Osprey, and did did that did that, but it's it's a little bit too out of her depth. She needs more. She needs more work in that in that sense because you could see she really wants to be the Ibushi Osprey type. But um, and I do think some of her high flying. I agree with you, Tim. As soon some of her high flying, um, just her being sloppy just adds to the more dangerousness of it. But I think if you want to pull off spots like what she was trying to do, you have to you have to get it more down pat. So, yeah. But yeah. I, I I truly I I agree with you, Tim, that she was. She was sort of the star. I will say um, Shuri was also the star of the weekend, too. Um, just solidified her. Like, I we'll, we'll get to the Shuri match later, yeah. but Saya was... Saya got over really big for these next these past two, two shows. Well, you referenced it already, the, Shia, the, the Shuri-Julia match. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily love it, and so I want to hear kind of your opinion on it, because, yeah, like... To me, Shuri unfortunately had like a not a super solid match, and then a insanely solid match on the next night that I would highly recommend anyone so much. So I'll just like spoiler alert: Shuri, Mayu, and Yutani, four stars from me. I thought that match fucking ruled. We're not going to talk about it tonight, but but a full star lower on this one. I gave this three stars for for Shuri and Julia, and you seem to be a lot higher on it than me. So so JML, talk to me about this because I just. I, I just didn't see it. Um, I, I really I really did like it because of um, the way that they the way they worked this match compared to the Osaka match um, in, De- in December 2020. I absolutely hated that match. Hated 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 it with my gut. It was just an awful match when they went 30 minute 30 minute time limit. Um, this match I think they worked at a better pace. Um, the thing about it, I, I, I gave it four stars. I think the intensity um, with Julia, I think she's really gotten better. The one thing she needs to get away from, and I'm, I'm, it, it's, it bothers the shit out of me, is those the spots with Daichi, the ref. She needs to stop fucking around with him, doing those spots. Julia needs to stop. But she did it. In, she did it in the Mayu match. It was cute. Whatever. I don't know why she. I don't. I don't know why she does it. Because I'm like, you're such a badass. Like, in any other time. Like, what's the point of that? If you're out here, like, doing shoot headbutts and pile drivers on tables and, like, these, like, real strong forms, like, what's the point of the ref stuff? Like, you're not, like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it either. She needs to stop fucking, like, using him as a springboard to do drop kicks. And it's just, it's, it's, it's cheap, it's cheap shit. It's, it's, it's too, it's too cutesy for someone that's otherwise a yeah, badass. And, and the thing about, the thing about what Julie is, I, I praise her on this. She has gotten, she has gotten, um, the roll down of being the Akira Hokuto, Roddy Piper, Naito type that is sort of bigger bigger than the company, but will defend the company um, in a way. And you know, when 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 Akira Hokuto gave her um, the the Dangerous Queen moniker, which is still ridiculous to this day, but she is taking it to heart. She does, she does. Uh, she does. She does Akira Hokuto's moves, and she, she really, you know, this this whole 
feud with prominence. It's um, it's basically um, in '93 when LCO was facing off against LAPW. Like it's it's basically a straight rip off of that. And Ross and Rossi was there, so of course he's gonna gonna repackage this the storyline. But she's really embodied that and really's done work to improve herself in ring because I thought she was she wasn't she wasn't that good in 2020. Um, when she got the big push, but now when she's she's not the center of attention and she's really gotten it down, um, you know some of the early stuff in the match I, I wasn't fond of, um, including the Daichi stuff. But I thought by, by the the following stretch, I thought they really they really did well. And it's and and the thing with Tim, it's it's classy Bushi Road style, how they way they build their matches, so. I'm a little bit more. I'm. I like that style more. I've been accused of that. I don't care. Um, I like. I. I like that style, even though sometimes I. It does get on my nerves personally, but. Um, yeah, like I think that, the the tenor of the match and, and the way they they worked the match, I think it was it was really, really well done, and it got it got Julie to me. It, it got Julie over as one of the biggest biggest things on this weekend. Yeah, it but, but but it helped Siri as well. That that was my biggest issue. Julia worked great, and Julia got over. But I just felt like Shuri didn't give me a ton here. Uh, gotcha. I, well, I think that's the Shuri problem. Is like I don't. I just don't know. I just don't see yeah. it with her. And like with Shuri, with Shuri, is like it feels like I don't really know what I'm supposed to be getting from her. Because I'm like I'll watch something and I'll be super impressed by something that has like lower states, like her versus Mariah. Like, oh, wow, like, Shuri just kicking the shit out of a younger wrestler, that's really good. But then when I'm expected to take her in, like, a different spot, I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily land for me all the time. So I like I like this match. Um, like, like Tim was alluding to, I, I like Julia more in it. And Julia was the more engaging parts of the match. I like the, I like the stretch, like, the closing stretch. Um, Shuri kicks really well. Like, her selling can be a bit... Uh, can be a bit inconsistent for me, mm-hmm. but I don't. But I, I thought she was. I thought she was very good down the stretch, and I thought Julia definitely held it together, at least for me, during those closing stretches too, throwing those bombs and all and all and all that stuff. So I like the match. I'm probably leaning more towards uh towards Tim. I'm actually right right in the middle of you guys. I'll probably be like a three and a half on this match. So like it's about par for the course on like Sherry's main event. Uh, push for me so far. I haven't seen the Mayu match, and Mayu is the best wrestler in the world. So like, like she probably got something better out of Shuri than anyone else has got been able to get she out did. of her. She did. Some, some, yeah, some, some definitely uh looking forward to watching that. Well, a even bit. that Mayu to me felt like Mayu was the star of the match. Like, uh, again, and they're with the best wrestler is, in the world. And yes. this is this is a weird thing because I, you know, this is Shuri versus Julia, so. It doesn't quite make sense, but like, this is more of the the is it the white belt? The white belt is the the one that Saya has, right? The, yeah, yeah. The white yeah. belt feeling more like the main event title to me than the red belt, honestly. And it's just it's the same thing. Like when Tam had the white belt, it felt like the main event belt. Now that Saya has the white belt, it feels like the main event belt to me. And like Shuri on the undercard and Shuri building her way to the title felt like she was like the thing. And then now that she has the red belt, like I feel like there's a red belt curse. I feel like if you have the red belt, you can't 
be as good as the white belt person who like gets to have the great matches and not have the pressure. Um, Cause yeah, like it just, it just, it really feels, but, but again, on the next night, the Shuri and Mayu match does deliver and did feel like the main event, but I just feel like it's a lot harder to be the, the white belt champion at this point or the, the red belt champion at this point and actually come across like you're the top of the card. It's, it's, it's unfortunate situation that they're in right now where they just, and this is why the, the thing with the Kari stuff like does upset me because I'm like, you can, you can make someone feel like the top champion. Um, if you present them that way and, and Julia is probably, Julia is probably Julia. And then if Kari had been presented the right way, and then maybe Mayu would be the only people who I think could have the red belt and they probably wouldn't shrink under the pressure of the red belt. But I digress on that. Um, well, I think, well, well I'm just going to add to, add to that, that, with this match, the, it was more of, um, yeah, I saw people, and I saw, actually saw people on Twitter, you know, saying, like, Shuri hasn't had a good red belt reign, even, and I thought that was a little bit, a little bit too much, because she only had one title defense since November, since December, but, right. um, the main storyline coming into the match was the split up of DDM, it was never really... The emphasis wasn't on the on the title, um, which which it should have been on the world title. It was basically you know Sherry. What's going to happen when Sherry breaks off with with Julia? Who wins and who who gets who gets who seizes control of DDM? And that's that that was I think that was the the bad part coming off of it is that with the months of build up between these two, um, we wanted to see. What what what's going to happen with the, with the units, and what's instead of what's really happened with the belt, you know, and that's that right. was the problem. Yeah, that is definitely a problem. Um, real quick, I wanted to ask you, JML, why I got you on here. Um, with the DDM stuff is definitely uh, in the in the conversation. I heard it presented. Um, right, Shuri's going to break off and and start her own group. It's already been, I think, I don't know if it's been officially said, but it feels like it has been. There's a post match promo. In the DDM versus Prominence match, um, where Julia, I guess, says she's doing her own thing. Um, a question I wanted to ask you again, you can correct me about that part. Is Shuri is Shuri starting her own group? And the other part, I heard Prominence was presented as being like deathmatch wrestlers. Are they deathmatch wrestlers? Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, okay. they are. Yeah. Um, and Shuri's, Shuri's. Uh, or, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. No, I was saying like Shuri, she has her own group. Um, right before the match, she there was the storyline that she was going to bring out a bodyguard. A lot of people thought it was going to be a Karashita, um, because of the past ties of them being a tag team in the past. It wasn't that. I I've, I don't think a Karashita will ever come to stardom. Um, she's kind of been almost been vocal about it. Like someone asked her on Twitter maybe a year or two ago, come to stardom, and she she said emphatically no. So, um, but, um, it was, uh, the girl, um, Ayumi, I forgot her last name because they, I forgot her last name because they, Rossi literally changed it, um, two days ago in the, in the, um, in the, in the press conference. Um, but, um, she's a big prospect coming out of actress girls and basically she's going to have her own unit. You know, okay. Shiri, Shiri Dojo or Shiri Goon, whatever it is. So, yeah, she's going to have her own unit. I th- It's weird because um, going back to 
leading up to Boudican Hall with the seedling, um, the seedling tag match with Nanai and Arisa Nakajima versus Momo Watanabe and uh, Saida, which we call, you know, the, the, it's funny the Slack calls are good Saya. <laughs> uh. But uh, that match, um, it was a picture floating around that Shuri accompanied them. And this was when Siri was in DDM, and Momo was in Queen's Quest, and Saida was Saida was in um, Stars, and people were hinting like, "Well, oh, maybe this could be a new unit." Um, we don't know because Momo turned heel now, and Saida's she just came back. Saida just came back. Yes, but uh, Saida it would make sense for Saida since Saida just came back, so it's gonna be like a, it'll be like a good fresh coat of paint for you. Yeah, Nina. but there's always there's kind of been hints here and there that's. Shiri's gonna break off from DDM, but we just don't. We just didn't know um, until um, they started adding more people into into the group. Like they literally added three more people at the top of the year. So yeah, yeah. So that that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. So there is something going on there. They're definitely breaking up, um, and then Shuri's getting her own group. Um, all right. Well. That's good for stardom talk. All right, real quick, we're going to run down this Josh Barnett's uh, Bloodsport 8 from WrestleMania weekend. It just happened today. Um, all right, Quentin, how much of this have you... No, I'm just kidding, guys. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's close it out for the night. We can we can officially say, though, that Moxley versus Biff Busick fucks. Uh, great match. Check it out. Um, yeah, fucking amazing. I watched it as we've been recording, and Jesus Christ, that match. Yeah. So fucking good. Um, either way, I'm gonna I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check it out once I get off. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, apparently Ishi apparently apparently Ishi versus Thatcher's happening. Probably right sounds huh. really, really good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, okay. it's WrestleMania weekend, boys. But let's uh let's get it. Um. Anything else before we go? Uh, nope. As always, JML, thank you yeah. for being for for being for being our guest. If you wanna. Plug your Twitter handle, plug the uh, Hall of Fame tracker, yeah. plug the Kurkin tracker, whatever you got going on. Plug uh, all well, the Kurkin tracker's dead, so... Uh, <laughs> are you, are you, are you yeah, done with that yeah. one? <laughs> once, once, once Wrestling Rewards died, the Kurkin tracker died, so... Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you want to reach out and follow me, it's uh, VJML underscore. You could, you could follow me there. Um, Hall of, actually, don't follow me there. I actually follow the Follow the Hall of Fame, <laughs> Hall, yeah. Hall of Fame tracker, um, and they're giving out the Twitter handle now. Let me pull it up. It is W-O-N-H-O-F tracker. So do that instead. Um, we were supposed to have a Hall of Fame uh, episode, but you guys, I think you guys, it was you guys were coming off of you guys both coming off of COVID. So um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so. hell yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we both had to do a Hall of Fame episode, and we yeah. both had COVID, so we couldn't Jesus, do it. Jesus, I completely forgot about that. Sorry, Jay. No, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm really happy um, that you know um, the turnout we got, we kind of got from the the Hall of Fame tracker. Um, just to take a look, just to double check how many, how many ballots we got. Um, it was really surprising. I want to say, let me just get the exact number. Exact number on the tracker: fifty-five, fifty-five ballots, public ballots, we got from the wrestling community. 
Um, and we we didn't even I didn't even uh, get to other people such as like like Dylan Hales. Um, I didn't get get his ballot, and um, probably probably for next year I'll I'll reach out to more people. But um, I was just kind of happy, like um, just the turnout and like we like I we you know me and uh, Detlef Detlef um, um, my partner. Um, on with the Hall of Fame tracker, he does a lot of the heavy work. Um, shout out to him; he does an amazing job. Um, but we were really proud of of the the range of people that we got the the the, the ballot from. Like we even got one from Ian Riccoboni. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm in and got to talk to him briefly, and it's uh, I'm happy that Ring of Honor, you know. Shout out to Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor, and now they're putting him back, and now he's got a full-time job again. You know, he has other jobs, but he had, with with Ring of Honor, he's got his full full Ring of Honor job back. So I'm um, happy about that. But yeah, just um, I was very surprised of of the people. You know, just being around for me, being around the wrestling, this internet wrestling, the the vaunted IWC, whatever that yeah. bullshit is. Um, just just getting. Um, people's ballots from around the way, like um, like Bix, like Bix got a ballot. Uh, you know, Bix is always public about his ballot. Um, it almost got to got trendy because Zellner posts his ballot, and we've got um, Bayou, Bayou that does the FMW site. And you know, me, I, I wanted I wanted to like message him and be like, you know, how many times I've been on that site. <laughs> like for all these years, and he's given me the, yeah. the you know, the, his ballot for the Hall of Fame. You know, it's just it's kind of crazy. And hopefully, you know, we've been been dormant a little bit just just because the Hall of Fame season over and and everything else. And um, we're trying to figure out what's going to happen with the tag team situation. That's that's a whole other issue. Um, but. But with with that, we're just gonna we're continue going and try to make this the Hall of Fame discussion um, a full full a full year thing. Um, it, it's it's been it's been kind of fun. I won't, I won't lie. Well, now I definitely have I definitely I definitely have plans like I, like I, I'd have people that I want to do like stuff on my blog for like write ups for. So if those ever happen, like you know, like I'll send I'll send I'll like make sure that you get like made aware of them and we can like try to spread those out a little bit if I want if I, if I want to make a, if I want to make make a case for certain guys. Yes, yeah. I know you're a big Tawai guy, but now Holy Dean Marmy, they're probably gonna be a layup um being yeah. on the ballot. Um Which is, it's it's a whole that's a whole other issue that I'll, ra- I'll, ra- I'll rant about yeah. when the time comes. <laughs> I think we've talked about it enough, but but not enough, obviously, because Tamway's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, well, yeah, now I'll actually try to get a ballot. In the past, I was, like, you know, iffy about it, but I will just so I can send it to you, JML. That's the only reason why I want to have a ballot. Um, do you want to announce... Uh, uh, or actually, I had, a, I had a scorcher. I had a scorching hot take that I meant to bring up, but, you know, we, we, we really got into so much stuff. Maybe next... Maybe next weekend would be a better time for it, but I wanted to do it with, with both of you here. Um, do we think that it's unrelated that, um, you know, WrestleMania weekend, this weekend has less buzz than it's had in a lot of years. People are not talking about WrestleMania weekend. People, in fact, are being like, WrestleMania weekend is dead. And, on, and comparatively, that this is the most black that a WrestleMania weekend has ever been. 
Do we think that those things are unrelated? Oh, uh, man, uh, man, you should ask me. Like, this, it's too oh. late. It's too late. It's too late. It's too. It's too late to ask me this. You will hey. get a slack answer because yeah. I am not answering yes. this right now. Yeah, I throwing it out at the last minute. Quentin, close it out for. But, for... Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I will say this though. Like, um, it's 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 rough, but it's rough to to, to think about that because. Other ramifications, but also, um, I will say that um, there's an influx of black wrestling fans there that are supporting. Um, I'm happy about that. Um, but the weird thing is that they're, um, you know, I think for the culture is tomorrow, yeah. I want to say. So it's tomorrow at three. Um, but it goes in line with what WWE's doing because tonight's Wally Mania. Um, it's it's sort of, I'm, yeah. You know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything more. That's a long longer discussion. Yes, it is. I'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just started. I, it's I, I started th- thinking in my mind. I'm like, this is this is not gonna go where well, I'm gonna say. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a Slack yes. conversation and. If JML is fine with it, I will be perfectly fine saying what he said on the podcast next week. But uh, that's it. That's it. That's it for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to JML as always, and uh, hope you're here next time. Uh, 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 money. Your money. Yeah, yeah. I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. Who the fuck are y'all? I swear it feels like the last few nights. We've been everywhere and back, but I just can't remember it all. What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm living life right now, man. And this is what I'm going to do till it's over. Till it's over. But it's far from over. All right, bottles on me. Long as someone drink it. Never drop the ball. Fuck are y'all thinking? Making sure the young money ship is never sinking. About to set it off in this bitch, Jada Pinkett. I shouldn't have drove. Tell me how I'm getting home. You too fine to be laying down in bed alone. I can teach you how to speak my language. Rose and a stone. I swear this life is like the sweetest thing.